Welcome back, everyone, to another broadcast of In the Trenches. I'm excited to have on the call today Alexa Bigwarf, who is the founder of WritePublishCell.co, Cat Biggie Press, a book publishing imprint, and the creator of the Women in Publishing Summit. Alexa began her professional career in counterterrorism and homeland security, but due to the demanding nature of the job, she decided to stay at home with her two children. Shortly thereafter, she found out she was pregnant with two twins who were diagnosed with a rare disease. She lost one of her children shortly after birth, which prompted her to write and share her experience to help other grieving mothers who suffered from the loss of loved ones. Through her blogging, she connected with a community of other writers, and she published her first book, Sunshine After the Storm, A Survival Guide for the Grieving Mother. From this collaborative effort, she received many inquiries from aspiring authors who wanted to publish a book. So Alexis started a book publishing company, Cat Biggie Press, and began to offer book production and marketing services. As things picked up, Alexa decided to run a virtual summit to generate new business. Unfortunately, it flopped financially, only making back 10% of her investment in the entire campaign. So she tried again with her second summit. This was, in her words, another disaster. But Alexa didn't quit. She knew there was great upside potential if she could get a virtual summit off the ground the right way. So she started to prepare for a third and final shot at growing her business. And that's when we connected. In Alexa's own words, quote, And then Tom came into my life right as I was getting ready to do number three, and the results were quite different, end quote. In fact, not only was this summit profitable, unlike the first two campaigns she ran, but she generated 207 sales and counting as sales are still rolling in of her all-access pass and launched a group coaching program, all of which led to just shy of $20,000, which doesn't include additional client work she's received as a direct result of her successful campaign. So in today's discussion, we dig into her story and go behind the scenes of her successful campaign, including what worked and what didn't. There are two big takeaways for me from my conversation with Alexa. The first is she didn't quit even though she experienced some failures early on, even though she invested in programs and help and it never really panned out and she actually never received any kind of ROI on her investment. And so the fact that she was willing and continued to invest in herself and her business, I think is remarkable. She didn't quit when the going got tough. And the second thing is how she took the advice I gave her and implemented some very simple tactics and embraced the overall strategy and stayed the course. And she got really amazing results, things that actually blew her mind a little bit. And she kind of shares that with us today. So I really think you're going to get a lot of value out of this, especially if you're considering running a virtual summit, or you just want to see what it looks like behind the scenes of something like this to make it happen. So without further ado, let's get to the conversation. So Alexa, the place I want to start actually, before we get to the launch and dig into the numbers and your, your success and kind of where you're going from here, give us a little bit of a background on how you got to where you are today. What brought you to publishing and what you're doing online today? Okay, so I'm going to try and keep this to just the key points because there's a lot that goes into my story. But in a nutshell, um, I was working in a completely different industry. I was in counterterrorism and homeland security, far, a far cry from publishing. <laughs> and I decided to um, stay at home with my kids because it was a super demanding world. So we, um, I had two very small children at the time. I was going to do this stay-at-home mom thing. Found myself pregnant with identical twins almost immediately. And then immediately after that, they were diagnosed with a a rare disease, um, not well, it's not rare amongst identical twins, but anyway, long story short, they were born super early, super sick. Um, one of them passed away after two days, and one of them spent uh, 12 weeks, three months in the NICU. Why this is relevant is because that's what started my whole writing process. I started blogging to bring awareness to their syndrome, to the life in the NICU, to the life of grieving parents, to all these types of things. 
And eventually I started to realize that I wanted to write a book. Um, I was a little intimidated about doing a book all by myself. So I reached out to a bunch of other people that were uh, in the grief community. And we put together a beautiful book called Sunshine After the Storm, A Survival Guide for the Grieving Mother. It does have a big section for dads too, but I communicate mostly with moms through my blog and through my business now. So um, through the process, I decided I was going to do everything on my own because I was a stay-at-home mom with now three children under five and a limited source of income. We'd gone from two good incomes to only one and all that stuff. Anybody who's been the, down that path understands. So I, um, I did the whole process by myself. And what I found was that I really liked the process of putting together a book and publishing it. So it kind of like anybody who's a writer, anybody who's published a book knows that it's like you're bit by a bug at that point in time. And I wanted to write more. I wanted to publish more. So I started it. And as I did, people kept saying, how are you publishing your books? I want to write a book. Let, you know, how do you do this? So I started very simply a business coaching people through the process and helping them with things that are a little bit more complicated, like book layout and all this type of stuff. So fast forward a little bit and I've built this business and I wanted, but I, I was still not really clear in who I was servicing. Like I'd been a copywriter for a while. I'd been doing freelance work. I'd been doing all this stuff. So I decided to put together my first summit and it was not a failure in terms of size and quality of speakers and all of that kind of stuff, but I didn't know what I was doing. It had way too broad of a focus. I spent way too much money and it, I only made back like 10% of what I spent, which was a large amount of money. So I loved the process again. I knew I wanted to do it again. Um, and I decided to do it again twice more. The middle one was kind of a disaster because of things happening in our lives. And then Tom came into my life right in time as I was uh, getting ready to do number three. And the results were quite different. <laughs> and you were talking to me offline a little bit. So before we get into the launch itself and kind of where that's brought you, talk me through some of your fears actually starting right. to even work with me because... I look at me and I say, Hey, look at this guy. He's got that beard and the shaved head. I don't know if I can trust him. So what was, what was going through your head at the time, especially having gone through some other programs or other, you having invested a lot of money previously and not gotten the return that you wanted to see? Well, it was, it was really scary. Um, I've been watching and consuming um, summits for years now, for almost five years. So I believe in the power of them, not only as, an incredible source of information for the people who come can come and consume them for free if they want to, um, but also as a huge network builder, a huge list building opportunity, and then if done right, a financial you know just just can be incredible with finances. And I, I looked at some of these big people in my particular industry and saw the numbers that they were bringing in, and I thought that I could do that on my own, but I realized through the first and second one that I was missing something. I had invested in another um, summit program, a lot of money, and um, it was good information, but it didn't provide the level of individualized support that I needed. So I had seen um, your emails and the people that you were putting together summits for. I'd seen what was going on. I could tell by the social proof and by what I was seeing in the world that they were successful. And 
I was a little bit nervous about reaching out to you because I'm small beans compared to a lot of these people in the industry. And I was thinking, well, he's going to look at me and laugh. I mean, I have a subscriber list of 1,200 people at that point and like virtually no budget and was really scared about it. But I knew that if I could hire somebody who could help me get past those blocks and really, you know, take the right steps and do it the right way, that there was a lot of potential. Um, when I first reached out to Tom, it was as a manager and he sent me back a quote and I like fell down and nearly died. <laughs> like that's not going to happen. But what I really appreciated about you was that you said, um, you know, Hey, I have another way that I work with people and it's much more within the lines of what you told me was feasible with your budget. Is this something you'd be interested in? And you know, it, it was a very, it was a terrifying moment for me because it was one of those catch 22 situations where I was like, I don't really have the money to invest in this. Um, thankfully you worked with me on that too, in terms of your flexibility and payment structures and everything, which was much appreciated. But also I had invested a lot of money into my business at this point in time. And because I was kind of scattered in what was happening and not taking the right movements and actions, I wasn't seeing the returns that I needed. So we were, my husband and I were in horrific, uh, consumer debt at this point in time because I'd basically been building my business with credit cards and um, the number is terrifying I don't want to give the exact number but in many locations in the United States you could basically uh, purchase a home <laughs> for the amount of debt that we had built up so it was it was terrifying and the thought of investing that again without 100% guarantee that I would make that back and more was scary but um, what I appreciated about you and your method is one, again, the social proof was there. I'd seen, I've been following you for years. I've, I saw you in a summit years ago and uh, enjoyed your presentation on book stuff. So I knew one, I knew that you were in the right industry. You weren't just some person out there trying to get people to do summits. You're in my industry. So that was huge. Um, second, you're working with all the people that I aspire to be like. And then third, it was it was very personal. You know, you, you, you email me, we got on the phone. We, it was very personal. I never felt like I was just a dollar amount. I always felt like, you know, this is a real connection. He may be working with thousands of other people, but we have a real connection. And for me, like it's, you hear it all the time. It's the trust, like, and no factor. If you feel like someone delivers result, results, you trust them, you like them and you know them. It's a lot easier to, you know, sign over another small mortgage. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so that, you know, it, it, and, and, and even into the program, like you'll recall, I had a panic moment where I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make this work. I don't know if I can invest this money. And at the time, again, you were like, okay, if you want your money back, you can have it back. But think about it this way. And it wasn't an ugly sales way. You, you weren't sleazy at all about it. You were just like, just, just hold on, let the process work, see how it goes. And you were right. And at the end of the day, not only did I make my investment with you back, I quadrupled it. So that's pretty good. That's awesome to hear. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, what's interesting is I don't think I knew the debt piece of the story. And so what's interesting is I typically uh, try to warn people not to to do it. Like I say, like, don't like if you're like, if this is if this puts you out, or if you're in debt, let's let's not work together. It's probably not the right spot. So you, you fooled me possibly a little <laughs> bit. I'm glad you did. Cause it worked out. Although, okay, right. of course, like 
because that's always makes me nervous. Cause I'm like, geez, I, the last thing I want to be is where, where I, I, I'm, I'm not an investment or the work we're doing together is not an investment, but it is, it's truly an expense at least uh-huh. at the, the short term. Cause that's where you're, it's like tunnel vision. I, I know can creep in when you're, when you're kind of your back is against the wall with, with debt. So anyway, right. you know, bravo though, for, for seeing it through and, and just like, and following the process. And yeah. now I do want to talk about that a little bit. So you, you, we started to implement some of these things. Talk me through the event that you ran and mm-hmm. give me some of the kind of key um, elements of it. Like what did you do and what were the things that worked really well? Like it, and now hindsight being 2020 and looking back on it and seeing the results and then take us, you know, give us a sense of what the results were as well for you. Right. Okay. So first of all, I'd been burned by group programs before. So I was a little skeptical about the, the group thing here, but, um, I quickly got over that because you provided such an individualized experience for everyone with the one-on-one calls and the, you know, quickly grew over that. It's by hands down, I've signed up for a lot of group programs and this is the only one that has worked for me. So kudos to you for how you're running it. Um, But I came to you and I knew that broad to broad wasn't working. I knew that I needed to bring it way down, bring the focus in. I knew that I wanted it to be a publishing summit and that I wanted it to be really good resources for people who were like me, who want to write a book, are scared, they don't know where to start, they have zero budget, they don't want to spend a bunch of money on people who don't know what they're doing and all this kind of stuff. So I wanted it to be very impactful. And I struggled back and forth. And this is where the power of the group came in because luckily it was a lot of males in the group. And as we were talking through this, everyone was like, you should just make it for women. This is, you know, you can narrow it down to that. And let me jump in there. I, I think the reason that that was, we got to that point in the discussion wasn't arbitrary. Uh, right. It was, we had actually looked at what were your past clients, right. who were the ones, not only the ones that were paying you the most, but the ones you like working with. But then when we actually just did the analysis, it was something like 90% of your clients were women, right? Right. Right. So it was like, hey, just get rid of that 10% if and we'll be okay. You know? Well, and the thing that you kept saying to me that was so helpful in narrowing it down was forget thousands of all access passes. Forget this. Who is it? Think of the one percent. Who is it at the end of the day that you're hoping to funnel down to to work for, to work with? Who is that person? And I was like, it's a woman. So he's like, so so Tom's like, why would you why would you market to all these other people? <laughs> and I was like, because I want more all access passes. And he's like, no, keep your focus on the 1%. <laughs> I, I'm telling you. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, anyway, keep going. So that was awesome. We're like we nailed, I think we nailed the niche, like in terms of targeting and it wasn't arbitrary, but it was right. based on, okay, this is what you had done before. Although for somebody who's just getting started, I guess my recommendation is still think where you can narrow it down. Like narrow sure. is almost always better. I know it's an uncomfortable thing, but it yeah. almost inevitably, it's, it's like, I would say every experience I've had where we've narrowed things down, it's always worked better um, than the opposite, than trying to go, let's try to reach more people. And then you inadvertently kind of reach nobody because the the copy's wrong, the messaging wrong, the images are wrong. So you went with, you were able to focus on women. And then I saw that in your design, your copy, everything, you just went full bore into that. So talk me through that process (laughs) of what you did. Well, it just, just knowing who I was trying to reach made all of that so much easier because there's no more, okay, how do we make this gender neutral? How do I not make the copy sound too feminine? You know, we went pink, we went, (laughs) there was no, and it was nice. I was able to very effectively communicate to my graphic artists that I want these colors, that I want these types of words, that I want to be reaching moms. 
globally, but then women in general. Um, and it just, it, it made everything else flow so much more smoothly, but it also allowed me to be super authentic. And that's the piece that I was missing in the first summit. I had a huge first summit with some big names, 45 speakers. It could have potentially, if implemented correctly and authentically could have been, could have been one of those case studies. That's like somebody who brings in 40 or 50 grand, but it wasn't implemented properly. It wasn't narrow enough. And my copy was a nightmare because it's like, who am I trying to talk to? Am I talking to people who want to be freelance writers, who want to be bloggers, who want to write a book, you know? And um, so just knowing that that specific audience was females, probably moms, probably looking to write to make some money in particular a book not any kind of copywriting but a book and they want to get started and they want to come and get the tools and the resources and it spoke to people like unlike the first couple summits where i got like zero interaction from the people who bought the all access pass or who participated i got all kinds of emails back this person was wonderful i got the most phenomenal emails i got some really ugly ones too but we won't go there but i got the most phenomenal emails saying this is so wonderful it gives me hope there's a feeling of hope and that's me that's authentically me trying to provide hope so it was amazing i, I love that well i'm <laughs> going to quickly touch on that we won't go into it but i remember because you i think you messaged me one day or maybe i emailed you and and you came <laughs> back and you're like yeah it's been it's been rough like like that day because i got this like this hate mail or something like that <laughs> and i was like i think I, if i remember correctly i was like that means you're doing something right. Right. <laughs> I mean, and I know that sounds like either that sounds cliche or it sounds corny or maybe it maybe sounds counterintuitive, but it's, it's true. It's like, as yeah. soon as you kind of start hitting the nail in the head for something, you're going to get this like vitriol from the 1% of like trolls right. and stuff like that, that are out there. And it's just, it's, 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 if anything, it's a good sign because it's very small and mm -hmm. it means that you're, you're being clear enough in your messaging that some people, it's one, one, 1% are just re totally repelled by it. But right. guess what? Like, look at all these other people who are sending you letters, letting you know how much, how, what a great impact it's been. And you, you couldn't have done that though, without, without creating a scenario where there's like 1% of people who are, are just going to be obnoxious yeah. about it. Right. And well, and interesting, the hate mail did come from the right target audience. Um, it was a, a woman who wants to write a book, but she was an older woman who I think came to me from one of my speakers. Um, and she just was angry about everything. She was angry about technology. She was angry about issues that she was having running the videos. She was, so she was trying to participate in the summit, mm -hmm. but then she started getting personal. She started telling me that I make false promises like Trump and that, <laughs> and that I should stop trying to sell her the all access pass. And if it's free, it should be free. And that's going to come with this territory. Right? Wow. You just got, you just got trumped. I didn't I know. know that happened. That's incredible. <laughs> that one was, that one was a doozy because, um, you know, not to get political on your show, right. but if I'm going to be compared to anybody, that's not the person. I right. be compared to. That's fair. Well, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine I wouldn't make that leap either. So that's, that's interesting. So yeah, that happens. I think it's, it's worth, it's good that we're being kind of just transparent about that. Cause I get it yeah. too. Yeah. And it always, no matter what it's um well this is a, a, a scientifically proven uh i don't know if it's if the the what the way to describe it is but i've read some studies on this where when when something negative happens like the actual impact for us is like greater in magnitude than if something 
of like equal uh, size or percentage uh, positive mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. So it's like the negative always is is worse. But I just say that to anybody going to this, like be ready to be uh, to take some of that those punches and, and roll with them. And right. and you did. There's ways to deal with it. Of course, everybody has their own kind of way. I think just a good rule of thumb is just ignore it. Uh, worst right. case scenario, right. you don't have to go at it head on. You're like you're probably not going to win against these people. Um, but however you do it, that's that. But okay, moving on from that, because I don't want to sure. get too, too in the weeds about that. You, then you ran through the event. I remember another call that we had, and I think you were just coming up to like the open, uh, like the event kicking off or something mm-hmm. along those lines. It was right when it was just getting started or something like that. We hopped on a call. And at that point, you were a little nervous about some things that were happening. We had a chat and you implemented, I think, some of that advice. And I, yep. I'm pretty sure you got some good results. So talk me through that process. Absolutely. So we came up to it. I'd seen a few pre-sales, but I mean, I was so pumped up for this conference. I knew that as we're converting, we were seeing great opt-ins. You know, I knew that the conference was amazing because I'm looking through the, the the roster and everything thinking, oh my gosh, this this is just incredible. But the sales weren't coming. So I was think I was starting to panic. I was like, ooh, ooh, you know, we had talked about there might be a lot of sales at that last push moment, but I was like, we're kicking off tomorrow and I'm not seeing them. And so um, you kind of walked me through and you're like, well, what have you been emailing and how often have you been emailing? And I was like, well, I sent out, you know, this and that. And you gave me a very specific strategy, like even including some of the copy that I needed to have in those and how many times to email a day. And I was freaking out because you told me to email three times in one day, hence where the hate mail started coming in. (laughs) But I will say it worked. I mean, I might have gotten five or six really annoyed people. I lost people off of the subscriber list. And at first, that's that terrified me because I think a lot of times we see our successes, how many people are on our list. But then I thought to myself, you actually said this. I didn't think to myself. You said to me, those people that unsubscribed because you sent them three emails today are not going to buy your stuff anyway. <laughs> so let it go. <laughs> and it yeah. was true. It was yeah. true. You know, and, and it's interesting because it is, yeah, it becomes a vanity metric at that point. Like email lists, like growing an email list can be profitable. Um, it can be profitable. Right. But when the emphasis is put so squarely on the number, all of a sudden it becomes a vanity metric. And then, mm-hmm. and then you've got to question, what's the point? And right. so, well, the point is that those people will become customers. And if they don't, right. what are they doing? So that's Making the thing. me pay more. They're making yeah, me pay more. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. It costs more money to have a, a larger list. So like there's uh, like, anyway, yeah. So I think you have to be willing to sell, to put things out there and to not be worried about unsubscribes. Like, right. again, this is within the, this is with the assumption that what you're, what you're presenting is, is kind of within the realm of what you've been doing anyway. So I'm not saying that like you should be throwing out like obnoxious uh, pitches right. or sales pitches or things that aren't like appropriate to your list. But like, if it's in, if you're in the publishing space and you're doing a publishing summit, share and sell that thing. That's the mm-hmm. point. And anybody right. who leaves, it's like, that's okay. Actually, it's actually good. Right. Anybody who sticks around and doesn't buy, that's okay too. Cause Hey, they, they're not upset. They're still getting the free content and they're still going to get sales pitches and that's okay too. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's just like, that's one of the things I've, I've learned about kind of kind of cultivating the right kind of audience. Yeah. And it's just okay. When people unsubscribe, it's like, it's okay. It's okay yeah. to unsubscribe. And that's a good motto, but also just, it's okay to sell. And, and I think you Absolutely. took that to heart and I think you crushed it because of it. You started I like did. your, your sales. I remember you came in like the next year, like I got X number of more sales. I was like, awesome. It was like a big, big sales day. 
It was, it was, it was massive that day where we raised the, you know, when you have that strategy of, okay, all access passed the first time it makes that big jump. That's when we had the three email day and, you know, not everybody opens their emails in advance and I'm kind of a, I mean, when they get them and I'm kind of a softy. So I will say that when people came back to me later and was like, I didn't see this email till three days later. And now I go and it's this price instead of this price, I gave them a coupon code and let them have it at the initial price. Just because I was like, you know what? $47 is better than zero. So first of all, <laughs> you know, give it to them. But um, it was interesting though, because uh, to it has a twofold uh, um, effect here because I had your strategies for uh, partnering with affiliates and really making sure that they know what they're doing and that they're sharing and that they're sharing. Okay, so they do their part by bringing all those people into the list. But if I don't do my part by emailing that list, then it doesn't matter. Every time I had to pay out a crap ton of money to affiliates, which is a good problem to have. But every time I sent an email, I saw my affiliates get sales, which is good for everybody because one, we're bringing in money. Two, I know that the people brought in the right mix of people to my list and three now they're 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 fans they'll participate in things with me in the future they'll work with me on projects because they just made money off of the product that I produced so I think it's really and and I didn't have that piece of my first either of those pieces in my first summit I did not lean heavily on my affiliates I had all 45 speakers but I didn't give them what they needed to effectively be good affiliates and then I didn't follow through on the email part because I was timid and worried about people unsubscribing and that's just a huge mindset shift that you just have to say exactly what you just said if they're not gonna buy because you sent them an email then they're not your they're not your target audience let them go yeah that's it Okay, so now one, one thing, after you did this, you kind of, you finished off the event. I know you're still getting sales of uh, the All Access Pass. Those are still coming in. But mm -hmm. you also then rolled into a, a, a program, a higher right. price program, and you started to sell that. Now, I know you had a lot of things come up all at once, also some personal stuff. Um, give me a sense, though, of what worked well in that capacity and kind of what you took away from that um, yeah. when it came to going from, the virtual summit to, okay, now I'm going to go through a sequence kind of selling a higher priced offer to the same list of everybody who's been through this. So the last time I did this again, I don't think because my um, target audience was so broad, it was really hard to nail down the right upgrade, the right next thing to sell them because it's like, it's not going to be appropriate for at least it'll, it'll only match a quarter of my list basically, no matter where, which way I went. So first of all, I developed something that I knew would be the appropriate upgrade for this group. It's people who wanted to write a book, probably hadn't started, or if they had started, still had a lot to learn. So I developed taking some of my other products and other courses, taking the best parts and, and created a six month self-publishing academy that is for people who really want, for the DIYers who want the specific details on everything through the process. And, um, and that was the end result. And I wanted to, I wanted to have a massive launch on that. I mean, I wanted to sell the crap out of that, but I didn't um, because of, like you mentioned, personal events and things like that. So I kept, since I had limited time and resources, I kept my launch 
to the all access pass holders. And I think that this is um, one of the reasons that building a group for all access pass holders is a really good idea because I've kept the communication going. I keep providing them relevant resources. We help each other with launches. You know, it's a very relevant group to the audience. I know that they've already invested in themselves and I know that they're interested in doing what that academy would give them. So um, I, I followed it up and you and I had talked about this again when you were talking about bonuses, uh, what would be effective bonuses. You said you should run a Q&A only for the All Access Pass members within a week or two after the end of the summit and before obviously the close of your of your academy launch. So I did that and I, I held, um, I think 20 people from the all access pass, which isn't a huge number. My, my results on the, on the academy were not massive, but they're still growing. And I know there's a lot of room to be able to grow from that. So I'm happy with where it's at. But I got, um, the people came in, I gave them, and it was interesting, the feedback was really interesting because I went back and I, I gave them an overview of like what it takes to publish a book and things that I hadn't really considered in the actual summit itself. I kind of assumed that they knew some baseline stuff, but a lot of them didn't. So I gave them a really big overview of just like starting at point one and how you go through it. And then I pitched the Academy and um, a quarter of the people who attended joined. So that's 25%, I think uh, is, is a great number in the industry, I would guess. <laughs> Yeah. So you had 25% of the 20 people who showed up live. Right. Yeah. Cause like immediately I heard that I'm like, you should run another live one just like that again. Exactly. <laughs> and that was the agenda. I was going to run that to my larger group and yeah. then my father got really ill and a lot of other things happened. So, yeah. but that's on the plan. Now I know it works. I have confidence Good. behind it. And, and that's the next stage is to, um, is to move forward and complete, you know, to grow that particular audience and to market it properly and do another launch. Yeah. But yeah. And with a framework that works, you know it now. Right. It's, it's beautiful. And then the other thing that I thought, and this I think will be the last thing, maybe we'll have a couple of just quick things to just to summarize. But one of the last things I want to highlight was I think, I, I, I don't know if this relationship had, was there beforehand, but I do know that you're now managing some other campaigns now. So yes. it's like the tertiary kind of a side, the side effect of, of running a successful campaign and kind of what else comes from that. Share us, give us a little background on that. So it's, it's been, it's been great actually. I'm just pulling together and managing a successful, well-organized event like this has, has really, I think from what I see boosted me in the industry. I mean, I'm still small beans compared to a lot of people, but I also have, a reputation now from the people within the circle who see me and I'm getting uh, people are, are are looking to me now as as people that they want to include in their big you know in their summits in their book launch packages in their whatever they're doing like I'm getting some um, people are com coming to me which wasn't happening before which is exciting and I'm like well, I'm looking at the list of the other people who are involved and I'm like oh my gosh I'm with those people now <laughs> so that's exciting but also the people who were speakers, um, a couple of them have come to me for working together on different projects. And one in particular hired me, a, a big name in the, in the um, indie publishing industry came to me and hired me, Ally, I'll just go ahead and put it out there. So the Alliance of Independent Authors, um, Orna Ross was one of our speakers and she and I just hit it off and she was so impressed by the organization of the summit and by how I carried it out 
that she hired me to run their self-publishing conference, which is a big deal for indies. And um, and so I've, res I've if you add that into the income as well, you know, then it's a, it's a whole different factor. But that's been that's been super. Yeah, and that's that's what I think is so cool about this. Like, if you kind of get things off um, the right way, if you focus on collaboration, mm -hmm. there's like all these like it's interesting, all these invisible doors start opening because mm -hmm. it's the relationships. There's just there's so many elements to it. That's why it's really hard to articulate. It's not like oh, you right. drive traffic and make sales and like that's it. It's actually it's so much more than that. There's Absolutely. that. There's the, the the potential for other sales, uh, um, uh, upsells, downsells, but just like a ba you know sales in the back end to grow your business. Right. Then there's like the stuff that comes from the collaborative nature of it, partnerships. So whether there's like going to be new things that you can line up uh, in terms of like joint venture or mm -hmm. a new collaborative projects you can work on, or in this case, like now kind of managing somebody else's like big campaign, all this stuff kind of just starts to present itself just by making these connections. But in a way that's still, you're not just like, Hey, Hey, can I pick your brain for 10 minutes on a call? It's like, that doesn't really work, but you put them into an event like this, you spotlight them right. and they are, you, you do the, you, you take the right steps in the right order. And I think these things kind of are inevitable. Like they, uh -huh. you don't know what's going to happen, but it's a good chance that something positive is going to happen, I guess is, exactly. is, is my takeaway from hearing your story and my experience too. Yeah. And I mean, I have big, big, big goals and hopes now for the Women in, in Publishing Summit because what I saw come out of it was something I'm very big into supporting, especially moms who have low budgets, who want to write and publish their stories, especially stories of like transformation and inspiration and all of those things. So like big picture, not only do I want to be providing really good resources for people who want to write a book for free, if they can consume it that way, um, but I want to create kind of like a, a foundation that can go further and bring in um, people who are willing to give in-kind donations and, and, and sponsorships for scholarships mm. for editing and cool. cover design and all of that stuff. So, I mean, it's really sparked something really bigger. And I think we had this conversation at some point, maybe I'm imagining it and giving you credit, but I, I want to, I want to say at some point in time, the discussion of, and probably when we were talking about target audience, but the discussion of your why um, and how important it is in doing a really successful summit and um, knowing that target goal and end state and what you want out of it. And I, I think I articulated something along these lines, but it wasn't completely defined until I saw the outcome of the summit. But I know we had a conversation about I wanted to provide the resources to people who were trying to earn some money, staying at home with their kids or doing things like that. So it panned out and that's because of, a, of, of an intense strategy and, you know, who knows what would have happened if I didn't have your guidance and expertise and network that I didn't even mention, but your network was a massive part of it. Really. I mean, connecting me to the people I needed to be connected to that I didn't already know. Um, you know, without those things, I can, I can safely say, I think I would have done a good summit. Um, but I don't think it would have been an exceptional summit. And I think I, I put on an exceptional summit. I think so too. Well, I'm excited for that, that I, I'm, well, I'm, I'm happy to hear and glad to hear the success. Obviously I love hearing that it makes, makes me happy. I think it's well-deserved, well-earned. I think if anybody deserves it, it's you for sure. Thank and you. I'm really excited for what you got going on next and what's to come. And so I know we'll continue to collaborate. And so I'll definitely be sharing more of your work with, with everybody who's listening to this or watching this, uh, or even just reading about this. Cause I'll be sharing this as a case study. Um, but where can people reach out to find you? Maybe they, they found some inspiration. Maybe they're like, 
hey, I'd like to actually connect with Alexa, work with her in some capacity, or they're really inspired by kind of your mission that you just presented, where can they reach out to find you? Sure. So probably the easiest place to find me is on Facebook. I do have um, a, a public profile and then also a, a writer profile as Alexa Big Wharf, and it's a weird one. So it's B as in boy, I-G-W-A-R, F as in Frank, E. Or I have all of my write, publish, sell pages, groups. Um, my publishing house is Cat Biggie Press, Cat with a K. Um, and then my website is writepublishsell.co. There is no M because the .com was too expensive, but hopefully by the end of this run, maybe I'll be able to actually purchase it because that gets messed up a lot. <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate it, Alexa. Thank you so much for the call and sharing your insights into this launch and your experience. It was so helpful. I know it's going to be so helpful for people who are listening. Thank you so much for everything. And that wraps up another broadcast of In the Trenches. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please do me a favor and go to tomworkus.com slash iTunes. That's T-O-M-M-O-R-K-E-S dot com slash iTunes and leave a rating and review for In the Trenches. Not only do I read and appreciate every review, but it helps spread the word of this podcast and allows me to continue to get on great guests. So thank you for your support, and I'll catch you on the next broadcast of In the Trenches.